Welcome to our audio podcast where opportunities meet possibility. Adil Muhammad, Yasser Esek, welcome to Brawl Auction and Sales. And we're talking about analysts because you guys are just the cream of the crop. So let's start with you, Adil. How did it happen for you that you became an analyst? Oh, well, basically, I just wanted to get into the business world and uh, I just finished campus and this was, uh, this was my doorway into it. Um, I did study property and this was one of the opportunities that presented itself and it looked very interesting. It was a mixture of valuation and, uh, and numbers. <laughs> so that, that definitely caught my attention. And you, yes, I mean, you look like this high-tech technician. Um, <laughs> how do you apply what you do every day to analytics? So basically, I think getting into the, the field of property, it's, it's quite fast. And I think coming into the analyst role, it's better to sort of understand the property. It's a great foundation, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I mean, from an investment perspective as well and going forward, it's, it's great to understand the, the crux of the matter, basically, and understanding exactly what makes property tick. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are ultimately at the core of valuing property. I mean, that's what you do. You, you bring all the stats together and you, you put a document together. Am I right, Adol? Yes. I mean, that's in essence what you do and you service the broker with uh, validated information. That's correct. And not only the broker, Craig, it's, it's, it's the buyer and the seller as well. Ah, okay. Yeah, you, you, you're giving some better information for the seller so that they can understand their property. And we're also giving a, a fair assessment of the property towards the market for, for buyers to, to have a better understanding of the property that they're about to purchase. So you guys are ultimately a beacon of clarity in a confused world. I mean, that's probably the best way to describe it. But I mean, how do you bridge that gap? Because I mean, you, you've got to be real, but the, there has to be some sort of leverage. So how does that work? Um, yes, sir. So I think the most important thing is obviously to base all our analysis on factual information yes. and in order to relay that as uh, precise and as, as clear as possible for the investors to make an informed decision. Obviously, we, I'd say we conduct a pre-due diligence where we put together the, I'd say the bonuses of the matter mm -hmm. and then we allow the investors to sort of add some flesh onto that and do their own due diligence and delve a bit deeper in order to understand what exactly is the the investment that they're looking at and how exactly that would fit into their portfolio. Okay, but I mean, is there, is, does reality skewer? Uh, have you been shocked? Have you been surprised? I mean, you've come across so many assets. I mean, is it is it razor sharp to value or is there a modicum of uh, uh, leverage? Yeah, I think it, it does come down to subjectivity, but I think um, our, our main job here um, is to remove sentiment. We just want to. We just want to reflect. Stick to the facts. Stick to the facts. That's yeah. correct. We obviously want to take into account how people uh, feel about their property. But uh, at the end of the day, it's the market and it's the numbers. And we've yeah. got to now strip away all of that and reveal what's actually there uh, for yes, for yes, the yes. taking. And the best way to do that, I guess, is to is, is to compare with what else is happening in the market. And um, and apply our subjectivity as well, uh, along with sensitivity towards uh, buyers and sellers. I mean, I've seen your documentation, and I mean, it's thorough, it's substantiated. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, there, there is an element of prejudice as well, because when you're talking to a buyer and seller, everybody has their own opinion. But what goes into constructing a document to be able to derive value. Uh, uh, how do you structure the document? Where do you start? So I think the first place to start is obviously where we as investors, we want to look 
what certain points would we find cardinal of, of, of cardinal importance to relay? So, I mean, we've got a document that we've put together and I think that sort of highlights the key points that we feel as an initial pre-due diligence, those would be important to investors to say, listen, mm-hmm. let's understand exactly what's the tier level property, what sort of zoning is there, what does the title deed say, are there any servitudes? So by that, it's just already putting together a bit of the picture and then we allow obviously the investor to sort of colour it in, if I could call it that, and then uh, obviously to understand the premises from his, uh, his point of view. How often do you get it right and how often do you get it wrong? <laughs> well, Greg, that comes back down to subjectivity. It depends on uh, from what perception you're looking at it from. Uh, what kind of investor are you? Because we could be saying for yeah. presenting a piece of land that someone sees as development and we see it as... Uh, as a, as a retail center, for example. Yeah. So we could maybe uh, represent that information in a way that isn't uh, suited towards what the, the potential uh, of the property is. And I think that comes down to, to how we put ourselves into the investor's chair and see how they would perceive the information provided and if they're seeing the same vision that ourselves and the seller does in that property. Interesting. And the, the analytical sphere of property, is it a growing industry? Are, are people coming out of university uh, and wanting to, to get into property? I mean, we're at a low ebb at this moment. Surely it should be welcoming uh, to individuals to form the basis of a property career coming through the analytical channel. I definitely think if you want to get into the industry now, it's a good time. Reason being, it is a difficult time currently. I think globally, economically, and in our own country, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that are changing. And I think that um, getting in right now, if you're able to understand the current economics with regards to property itself and the bigger economic climate, I'd say macroeconomics, and then taking that forward as we ride the curve upwards, Mm -hmm. I think you'd better be you'd you'd be in a better position. if you could understand the market now in the difficult times and work that forward into the better, into the newer cycle, if I could say that. Obviously, Um, everything works in in cycles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you spot, can you spot a trend? Uh, How long does it take to, I mean, people say, we'll wait for the market to turn or we'll wait. I mean, how do you spot a trend? Is there something that you see in your graph that tells you that, ah, something's happening or is it again subjective? No, no, it's definitely, there's there's a couple of indicators that that do do pop out. And like I said before, this is when you have to remove sentiment to understand what's yeah. happening in the greater economy. It's uh, no matter how how some people are risk averse or, or, or risk prone towards certain things in certain opportunities. Um, remember, one man's uh, one man's uh, despair is another man's uh, treasure. Yes, and that's the way we've got to look at it. When the, when the cycle is going up, it may look up, but it could be down for someone else. Yes, yes. So we've got to, we've got to remove that subjectivity. Um, when we're looking at the market and we've got to look for simple things like interest rate hikes, we've got to look at the ability of uh, people to uh, outlay capital um, into the market and simple things like just um, speaking on the phone and finding out people's uh, appetite for investment. Mm-hmm. You can see that right now with the interest rates that have been squeezed, people don't have that much capital to outlay, which means developments are now getting a bit sluggish. But on the other side of things, people are looking to park their money in ready-to-go investments such as uh, retail centers or fuel stations specifically. So, like I said, one man's one man's trash is another man's treasure. If I could, if I could just jump yeah. in there and add to that also, Adil, um, as you said, also with interest rates going up, obviously people's loans and mortgages have gotten a bit more expensive. Fuel prices just gone up as well. Disposable income is down. So, I mean, it's, it's a tight situation for all mm-hmm. for all, all around for everybody, and I think. It now is the time for the, the savvy investor, the man with, with a bit of vision, the man with a bit of uh, 
an, an idea that obviously you know previously it was build it and they would come now it's more of what to build how to build where to build and, and when to build and how to economize in the build right exactly exactly I think the thing is you, you, you've got to also understand that there's, there's, two, there's, there's, there's obviously just a certain retail aspect there's going to be a commercial aspect but how do you blend the two how do you create something where where you develop it and they will come where people are willing to spend money where corporates are willing to sort of invest and put themselves mm-hmm. in, the, in, in that space whether it be flexible office space and so on how do you how do you identify those those needs or those needs that they don't even know they need and and, and, and put yourself as a developer in those shoes to fill those needs I mean that that's the niche that you, you as and that's a, the million dollar question yes, is it not that is the million dollar question uh, a developer once told me that the the objective of a developer is to design a product that escapes market condition is that kind of where we're at right now definitely definitely I feel like if you're a developer you're looking into the long term it's not even in one two years you're looking at a five year period yeah and um, you've got to deliver a product that escapes the expectation of the market right now so you talk about creativity you're talking about innovation you're also talking about guts Vision yeah. nerves because uh, you are chartering un, unterritorial water. I mean, it's not an easy it's not an easy path to navigate. Got to back yourself in this definitely. But then we have had a reset. I mean, we have had a, a new sense of value. Um, I mean, the, the the water has lowered, so people can jump on board, right? That's definitely true. I mean, that's the exciting part. Okay. So, uh, firstly, you guys are doing an amazing job and you, you are truly inspirational. You're full of energy and um, it's, a, it's a privilege and a pleasure to chat to you. So, Adil Muhammad and Yasser Esak, thank you so much for giving us time uh, through broadcast and for sharing some of your insights and your attributes to the analytical world of property. And thank, thank you very thank much, you, gentlemen. Thank you,